The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Oh, yeah, you know what that means. It is time for another SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. If I sound super excited today, it's because I'm trying to impress the bosses because they are the guests on today's show. Sean Green, <laughs> Ryan Kramer are, are, gonna, are joining us today uh, to be the guests on the show. Guys, I am not only nervous for my job, but also excited to have you on. So welcome, guys. Thanks for having us, Rod. Yeah, this is less of a guest appearance than a performance review, so yeah. don't mess this up. We've stepped into Rod's <laughs> office. The Let's quality go. the quality control and the quality check is happening right now, so this may be your last episode of the SGPN Fantasy <laughs> Football Podcast. All right, today on the show, our topic is going to be those guilty pleasures of yours in fantasy mm. football. We've got 10 players that have been identified through social media and a couple that I've thrown in there uh, of players who who fans have said they find themselves drafting every year, even though they know it's bad for their soul. They just keep going back for more. So <laughs> we've got 10 of those players. Ryan and Sean are going to talk about them down. I'm going to give scores. And at the end of this, we'll, we'll see who comes out on top of this. So uh, gentlemen, you already know because you own the show, but look, Here's the thing. When you hear this sound, we have three minutes on the clock. This sound indicates 30 seconds left in the round. When you hear this sound, time is up. Move on. You guys are familiar with that sound because you've used that before. So uh, I will say that it's three minutes. So give each other time to talk, man. I mean, come on. I know one of you wants to dominate the whole thing, but still. Uh, All right. Are you gentlemen ready for this uh, uh, contest? Let's go. I'm ready, Rod. Sweetness. All right. We're going to put three minutes on the clock. The first player up is Joe Mixon. So many people, you're either loving him or hating him. So, uh, Ryan, you look like you're ready to hit this off. Give me give me your thoughts on Joe Mixon. Why do people keep going back to him? The case for Mixon this year, 23 touches a game last year when he was healthy. 23 times 17, that's 391 touches. Would have been second only to Derrick Henry last year. So, If you like him, it's because you think the offense is going to take the step forward. He's going to continue to be a big presence in that offense like he was last year. No Gio Bernard. Just recently took him uh, early in the second round in an FFPC best ball tournament. I I like the case. I I could see it. I mean, not too many backs have 391 touch upside. So, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, to your point, Kramer, you mentioned no Giovanni Bernard, but you didn't mention that Giovanni Bernard's 57 catches also out the window, or sorry, 47 catches last year. And I think that's where you can really, because every year has been the year for Joe Mixon. <laughs> and I think this year maybe really could be his year just off the Giovanni Bernard passing angle. I think that's what you're talking yourself into because they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. And uh, again, he's going to be running against a nice defense is he's going to be running a lot against nickel, uh, you know, even dime packages because the Bengals like to spread it out. Even though Joe Burrow struggling a little bit in training <laughs> camp, hasn't looked great. They do the Zach Taylor offense. They just throw the ball all the time. They sit back there or the defense is going to have to sit back and play all these uh, spread formations. Creates a lot of opportunity for uh, Giovanni Bernard underneath. Do you, do you know what a bad, uh, or, sorry, a, Joe mix a bad word in the football world is iffy. Knee is iffy. Uh, my concern with Mixon is more the touchdown potential if the offense does sh struggle. So it, it sounds like we're both kind of on this guilty pleasure. We we like yes. this. This is like coffee gonna, ice cream gonna in the indulge, freezer. Going to indulge in a little Joe Mixon. I don't. <laughs> although I don't have a ton of shares of him, but yeah, I'm in. So this is for redraft. Are you guys talking? I mean, look, I know Kramer. You've been all dolled up in best ball, but we're talking to redraft players here. Is this is this a guy that you are uh, touching in redraft? I think in the second round, I'm considering it, especially if I take if I'm at the tail end of the first round where I've taken my, one of my stud receivers in that first. I might take a Joe Mixon again. I'm I'm at least intrigued with his upside, just like I was with Cam Akers. Uh, I think there's there's a very short list like after Aaron Jones for me, uh, maybe right there at six. There's not many running backs that truly have this this ceiling that that Mixon could have. So. Uh, the problem is, is you know, yeah, he's burned us all. So I'll I'll, I'll go for it one more time. <laughs> You're gonna go back to the well. Ten why seconds. Not? Ten seconds, Sean. Tell us why not to. I just want to know why not to. Oh, because the the Bengals suck, and they're not going to have a lot of touchdowns. So that's yeah. that, you're going to get killed there. So that that is the biggest argument against against Joe Mixon. <laughs> the Bengals suck. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to give you two points for that because they absolutely do, Ryan. You get one uh, because you let off with, with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're right. The Bengals are not the offense that I want really too much of a part of. I, I know that there's a lot of people that absolutely love the Bengals, and I mean, it's Bengals season, right? S-Z-N, and they're ready for it, but I, I don't know. I think I'll hang back, and if I lose because I don't draft a Bengal, I think I can sleep well at night. So uh, another guy that somebody is probably going to lose some sleep over not drafting if he decides to actually have a good year is Antonio Brown. Still with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, still with Tom Brady, but still one of those guys that everybody keeps saying to themselves, this year Antonio Brown is going to be the Antonio Brown of old, and so far we haven't seen it. So, Sean, we're going to start with you. Make your case for Antonio Brown on this guilty pleasure. Well, again, it's not my guilty pleasure. It's it's Tom Brady's guilty pleasure, right? He's the one who made sure he brought him down to Florida. He's the one that felt confident and okay with Antonio Brown to the point he had him living in his house. The roommate narrative. A lot of people didn't want on didn't want Antonio Brown on their fantasy team because they thought he was too crazy. Tom Brady doesn't want him on his team and wants him living in his house. And again, I think that narrative alone, and we saw it in the playoffs, especially back against the wall. Who did Tom Brady go to? He went to guys he trusted. Gronk had a huge Super Bowl because he's Brady's boy. Antonio Brown could be in 
in store for a massive season, both Godwin and Evans. I mean, I still remember that Evans knee injury. It didn't end up being super serious, but he tweaked that knee pretty bad. So Evans and or Godwin have both had injury issues. You know, Godwin, who I like, but, you know, there's there's times where he's not out on the field. There's a formula. There's a world where Antonio Brown ends up being like a top 12 receiver just because one of those guys ahead of him goes down. He gets the volume. He's Tom Brady's guy. So I really like Antonio Brown. And again, whether I like a guy or not, a lot of the time is depending on where he's getting drafted right now. And Antonio Brown's ADP for me is a real steal because Godwin and Evans are kind of are way higher up on ADP and where they're getting drafted. But Antonio Brown is, is a steal, I think at his current draft spot. So I'm, I'm in on Antonio Brown. A lot of targets to go around Brady, uh, second in the league in attempts, I think 610. So that, that there's a lot to go around, even if Evans and Godwin command, 100-plus targets, someone else is going to step into that role. I think it's going to be Gronk. And only saw 62 last year. Uh, and then furthermore, like the raise on this is that there's a lot of versions, like you said, of him seeing a lot more playing time in a hurry with a team that still has zero fucks to give uh, <laughs> for pa- for running the ball. So, uh, yeah, and then you, you sprinkle in the fact that, like, Brady wants this guy on the team. Yeah, right now. And Antonio Brown was really good. Pretty re- Look, he's receiver 46 right now. Receiver 46. You're telling me there's 45 receivers that you know are going to have a better fantasy football season than Antonio Brown? Come on. And I think he might be tough uh, in redraft, right? Like that, it might be a little more difficult because you got to figure it out. But is he worth a look early in the season? And if, if it's not there, just get, get rid of him? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, he's a guy you want to keep on your roster again because if one of these injuries happens or late in the year, especially again, back against the wall, they're making a playoff run. Maybe the Bucks get off to a little slower start and uh, and Antonio Brown ends up, you know, Brady needs to go to Antonio Brown for some big games. I mean, what better way uh, revenge than Antonio Brown in New England where, where uh, Brady sets a passing record? That would really piss off Belichick. <laughs> Uh, I think it would piss off everybody that didn't draft him and pass on like me. Uh, again, I just I don't find myself in situations where if I'm if I'm in there and I'm looking around at Antonio Brown, I'm looking for other options. I, I've never once just said to myself while I'm looking at Antonio Brown on the draft board, say, yeah, that is a great pick because I'm always thinking to myself, OK, well, who's around him that I could actually pick not Antonio Brown? I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm still buying the crazy narrative. I don't know, but I still can't necessarily bring myself to be as guilty of a pleasure as you guys with Antonio Brown. Uh, Speaking of former Steelers, James Conner next on the list, a guy that, especially in Pittsburgh over the last couple of seasons, you were thinking to yourself, man, this guy's got so much potential. This is his breakout year. This is the year where he's going to actually be the James Conner we want him to be. And you draft him. And then you feel icky as soon as you do it. So, um, <laughs> you know, he just makes you feel that way. But I want to know, Ryan, as you kick this off, uh, it, what about James Conner? Like, what are we feeling? How is he guilty? Is he your guilty pleasure? That's what I want to know. Man, the real-life NFL market kind of spoke a little bit. Uh, no one really looking to sign James Conner. Cardinals got a bit of a deal. Uh, you know, you love the situation. You love Chase Edmonds being in front of him, not a guy who has been able to stay healthy. And really, this is about where he's being drafted. If you're drafting James Conner, you're probably dabbling in maybe the uh, a little running back zero, 
maybe you've you've anchored with a first round running back and you're and you're looking to fill it out uh, later because I I think Connor falls in that realm of guys who has the have, they have a situation they probably have a role carved out for an offense that should move the ball lots of opportunity we like the heavy correlation between running back points and how good the offense is Arizona could very well be a top 10 uh, offense uh, and you see the pathway to getting full-time start right like quote unquote league winners if he's the starter down the stretch could he be a league winner Absolutely. My issue with James Conner is he's in my mind, he's washed. And while I'm picking up shares in best ball, I'm not going to feel very good if he's one of my like start have to start running backs in in fantasy. If I've I've played a running back zero strat, I just don't like him. I I don't like the potential. Everything we say about Edmonds, we can say about Conner. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, Uh, we, we can talk about how Cliff Kitchens, a.k.a. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, not necessarily super good at getting the running back uh, involved in, in in a in a like real life productive way. It kind of can work in fantasy, but that's a lot of checkdown stuff. I don't know if Connor's that guy, so I don't know. In that range, would I rather have AJ Dillon, Gus Edwards, uh, whoever else is being drafted? Probably. So I'm I'm yeah, out. I, I'm I, not going back to this. I, I think it's. Well, I, I think two week old I think cheesecake. The, I think the pro. <laughs> I think I think what you have going for you is the fact that the the Cardinals brought him in. So I usually like to uh, to hop on a guy who um <laughs> I'd like to uh, draft a guy who was brought in by the team because that shows they're interested. True. They want to get him some carries. But the the issue with James Conner is the ADP difference between him and Chase Edmonds isn't big enough to for me to warrant drafting the number two. Chase Edmonds right now RB twenty nine, and uh, James Conner is RB thirty four. So for me, it's not a big enough difference. And even if Chase Edmonds uh, gets banged up again, I, I think you can make a case that he's not super washed. But even if he's not washed, really, why I'm staying away? There's better like backup running back type situations. Situations where there's a pass catching upside. 35 catches last year, 34 the year before. Find you a running back that uh, isn't just empty calories like James Conner here, that isn't just complete garbage uh, when it comes to the pass catching. So, yeah, I would stay away. I was kind of high on him early on in best fall season, but I've soured on him. Yeah, he's the guy that will leave you eating Chunky Monkey ice cream on your bed at midnight, crying in week, what, 14 when you miss the playoffs because you took James Conner instead of Chase Edmonds. Really, I mean, that's if he's that close in ADP, yeah, you made the wrong selection. But it's, it's amazing to me how Chase Edmonds is running that low as well because it's not like Chase Edmonds is is bad. I mean, he just was in a pretty bad situation last year with Kenyon Drake eating all of the the food. So I I don't know (laughs) that, you know, this is a a thing to to fade Chase Edmonds, but because if you're looking at the stats, yeah, okay, sure. But if you understood the situation, you know, but I I still don't know that I take James Conner. So absolutely right. Uh, Ryan gets two. uh, Sean gets one. Yeah, you won that round because you started off with a pretty strong argument there. Um, All right, let's move on to the Mike Williams debate. Somebody posted this to me on Twitter and told me Mike Williams is the guy that he continues to go back to, even though he knows he shouldn't because Mike Williams has yet to actually be the guy that everybody wants him to be. So, uh, Sean, we're going to start with you because I want to know what your feelings on Mike Williams is and, and why he could be a guilty pleasure again this year or not, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be in on Mike Williams again. Uh, I like the I like the situation with Herbert there. 
And I mean, I don't know. He's he he is kind of banged up and stuff. But again, you saw some of those big games, the deep balls, his average depth of target. I don't have it off the top of my head here, but it's massive. And again, if you're looking for a guy with some nice upside, Mike Williams is certainly there. And again, he, he seems to have a good connection with Herbert and Keenan Allen has had some moments where he's injured and he's certainly getting up there in age. So a, a scenario where Keenan Allen gets a little banged up. Mike Williams gets even more involved in the passing game. I would like to see that. And I think they will be passing more. I mean, that's probably part of the reason why they got rid of Anthony Lynn. He's a former running back coach who just loves to pound the rock. And now you got Justin Herbert. You want to unleash Herbert. I mean, he looked best when he was, un, you know, corking some deep balls down the, uh, down the field. So, and I think that's where Mike Williams comes in. He's also just a fun guy to watch. Uh, dreads all over the place, just going up and pulling down balls. So I'm in on Mike Williams. I mean, we, we, he's exactly the player that got drafted out of Clemson. A big physical receiver can control his body well in the air. They're talking about how he's going to turn into the X receiver in this offense, the Michael Thomas role. I don't know about that when you got Keenan Allen uh, on the roster, but you nailed it. His average depth of target, which was actually even bigger before Herbert, really, uh, at 18 yards, uh, was sitting That's around 15, 16 with Herbert, and you just see this, the, the 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 videos coming out of training camp, the arm talent of Herbert. You see the play; you can visualize him throwing, just chucking it up to Mike Williams for a deep shot. He's definitely a guy who's going to spike with some big, big games this year. I'm very in on him. As we were talking, I pulled up a best ball. A draft that we did back in April where Mike Williams was was snagged in the 11th round. We're seeing him come up as high as now, what, 8th, 7th uh, round. He's getting the hype because people are seeing it. He matches the gameplay of Herbert. So uh, am I going to go back to the well with Williams and say, yeah, we, can, we see the potential, the underlying analytics make sense, and the situation makes sense, right? We're, un we're unlocking an offense that was clearly... At a minimum, uh, you know, there were some chains dangling from the shoulders of Justin Herbert. So uh, I, I like him to be the big play target. I like him to be a big time touchdown threat, T double digit touchdowns. Mm. I, I I don't mind. Uh, I, I, lo I love having Mike Williams on the back end of your receivers there. Yeah, I mean, look at the optimism from Kramer. That, that's uh, to me that oh. that's enough. Yeah, that's enough to win the round. Because if you can sell me on Mike Williams, you win two one on that one. I just again, this is another one of those guys. I know he just can't. He had a thousand yard season in twenty nineteen. It was it was it was something. Everybody. That's why everybody in twenty twenty went back to him as much as he did. But all of a sudden in twenty twenty came up a little shorter than that. And maybe it was because of the Chargers offense. But I don't. I mean, not much has changed right in this situation other than the guy in. in throwing the ball or you know herbert but not not much has changed to me in in this offense in the the year 2020 and 2021 so i don't know maybe mike williams is as advertised in this 2021 season and i probably will wait and if i see him hanging around in the the you know middle rounds i, I may snatch him up but i personally again a lot of these guys on here i'm not touching and it's weird because uh there's so many got people on there that are just making so many cases for these guilty pleasures but we we didn't even it. mention the Keenan Allen could get hurt, like injury. Yeah, like no, I, oh, you mentioned. Okay, I, I clearly wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs>
Appreciate your candor, Ryan. Yeah. It's the best part of this show. All right. One more of these before we hit the break. And uh, in the show notes, and, and when we were talking about it, uh, Kramer asked me if this is the guy that I really want to I really want to bring up. And I do because somebody <laughs> brought him up to me. So, I, I mean, and I don't know why, but I want to know why you guys think. Uh, Matt Breida is a guilty pleasure. I mean, look, as a Niner fan, and I know that this is Ryan's to, to kick off, but as a Niner fan, I, I know that we were so high on this guy. And so when you were drafting him coming into last season, you were really hoping, uh, well, I mean, as a Niner fan, he was in Miami, but still as a Niner fan, you were trying to hope for what you hoped for in, in San Francisco and you never got it. So Ryan, now you get to kick it off. Tell me about Matt Breida as a guilty pleasure. I mean, I guess the case for Breida is that he's going to be the pass catching back for the Buffalo Bills who don't like to use their running back very much. I, look, I, I think it's a nice... I like the the depth because what you're doing, Rod, is you're passively allowing myself and Sean <laughs> to show everyone that we know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> now, uh, that same draft board I was referencing earlier, Matt Breida wasn't drafted. Uh, I don't think I'm going to recommend uh, Matt Breida in best ball. No, but, but am I? Would I write Matt Breida's name down on a list of players uh, as I sit down to go do like an FFPC main event where I have ten bench spots? Because maybe I'm going RB zero and I just need to get as many bullets as possible. And does it make sense that we haven't seen Moss or Singletary be the guy in Buffalo? So maybe he. Again, I, 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 I was joking, <laughs> but not really joking. I'm not drafting Matt Burita. I, no, I'm Ryan, not going not. back to your guilty pleasure, Rod. <laughs> you're, you're not in the minority. He's undraftable. No one's drafted this guy. His ADP is uh, 304, and that's probably just from Matt Burita, friends and family, and Rod uh, picking him up in their leagues. Again, he had, he had a nice little run, but I, I'm not high on either of the Bills running backs. Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, at least where they're getting drafted. And I mean, Matt Breda, the third running back, like he's not even a lock to make the roster. So he's an injury away, Sean. <laughs> he, I think he's two injuries away. And even, I think even throw Josh Allen in there because if Josh Allen, Devin Singletary <laughs> and Zach Moss get injured, look out, Matt Breda might get some goal line work. So I think that's the path to Matt Breda being fantasy relevant. I, I, I just don't see any world where he's, Worth drafting. This is what you come to this show for the hard hitting Matt Breida uh, analysis. But look, I know again, like I said, this is somebody that, that somebody had said to me, this is their guilty pleasure. And I scratched my head and I was hoping that you guys would enlighten me on why Matt Breida would be a guilty pleasure. Look, I'm not drafting him this year. Look, I'm not making that mistake. You're right. In, in Buffalo, not only are there too many mouths to feed, but like every mouth is hungrier than the, the next. So, and when you've got a quarterback that can run as well, yeah, you're definitely not running back material when you're that low on the depth chart. So, uh, Ryan, for calling me out, wins that round because <laughs> I'm scared of him. So, uh, all right, here we go. <laughs> We're going to step away. It is that time to pay the bills. Uh, and I'm glad that the, the bosses are here to hear this happen. So, uh, <laughs> I get to continue to work. We'll step away. We'll come back with more of the show. Thank you, guys, and we'll be back. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, guess what? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and 
We are bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. There are exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. You can get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, NBA MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, so much more. Pretty much if there's a sport... WinBet has got you covered. There are great odds, promos, and payouts happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Go sign up today. Receive a special offer, a risk-free bet of up to $500 in sports bets. Download Bet, win. Download the WinBet app right now or visit winnbet.com and start winning. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't even need to win in order to make money. Literally just needs to improve. For example, the Atlanta Falcons, 80 to 1 right now to win the Super Bowl. For good reason, I'm sure. And they have one of the easiest strengths of schedules. So there, there it is, in the league. If you think they'll get off to a hot start, make that 80 to 1 bet before the season and then sell for a big profit after only a couple of weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 a month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount+. Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italian Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasilia AO, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexicans men's national teams, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. Be a part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit Paramount+, Plus to start your free trial and stream every match live. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now and get a free shot at a million dollars. So download the app and sign up today at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and our podcasts. So don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. We are well and sufficiently underway in this uh, knockdown drag out battle between the bossmen of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and the hosts of the Sports Gambling Podcast itself, Sean and Ryan. Gentlemen, whew, thanks for that uh, Paramount Plus read, by the way. I, I uh, definitely know now how to say many things <laughs> that I never said before in my life. So uh, thank you for that. That was fun. <laughs> Sean's a big soccer guy now. So. Oh, yeah. Soccer Sean. Let's go, baby. All in on soccer. (laughs) Uh, All right. Speaking of all in, many, many people I heard being all in on this guy, and somebody else told me he is all in on him as well. That is John Brown, who would go back to that Buffalo Bills uh, world to talk about. Look, in Arizona, everybody loved some some John Brown. And then in 2019, he had a good season. 
right? Then everybody was back in on John Brown. And now everybody's still, I guess, back in on John Brown. So uh, I think we left off on Sean. Sean, I want to know how and why is John Brown a guilty pleasure? Oh, well, he is for some, but I, I'm, yeah, again, I'm, uh, I'm cutting, I'm cutting John Brown out of my life. He's, he's black licorice. It doesn't taste good and it, it's not good for you. I just don't see the case for John Brown. He's like a speedster guy who's lost his speed. And I think even he admitted the other day, I can't compete with Henry Ruggs. He's much faster. That's not what you want to hear out of uh, someone you're drafting in fantasy. And again, last year, with that Bills offense, that was like the best situation for a guy like John Brown. You have a number one dominant guy like Steph Diggs across from you. You have a team that's just throwing the ball all the time, and he was only able to get 33 catches. I mean, granted, he's got some injury stuff, but uh, I, I just, again, stay hard stay away from me. I know the Raiders brought him in, and you think, oh, maybe Gruden has a plan for him, but Gruden wants to just, you know, use the crap out of Henry Ruggs so he doesn't look like an idiot for drafting him. I think Henry Ruggs is the surprise uh, receiver that's going to have that breakout year after everyone kind of just moved on and assumed he sucked. So I, I'm much higher on Henry Ruggs, and I, I'm not really interested in John Brown. Uh, you know, what's funny is I'm not either. He feels like redundancy to Henry Ruggs. Maybe it's like a they're going to run a similar role. John Brown has been a like post hype, hype, hype guy, hyper efficient. We like his average depth of, we liked a lot about him. I I just, what scares me is he, uh, as I, as I was doing uh, prep for this show, I found this quote, uh, who would I like to play for? And when I was with Buffalo watching Derek Carr play last year and seeing the style of offense, I fell in love with it right then and there. And I wanted to be a part of it. Uh, I'm out. That you watched Derek Carr and you said wanted sign, to be a part of you it. Said sign me up. What are you watching? In, in, in the in the difference in ADP isn't big enough to take a shot. I'd much rather take Henry Ruggs receiver 53 right now than John Brown receiver 68. I, I know it's 15 spots, but to me, it's not even close. Yeah, the only time you're talking me into a situation where I'm taking John Brown is where I've completely shit the bed in a best ball draft, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking Derek Carr as my first quarterback, and I want to make sure I get some stacks going. Other than that, I, I'm out on John Brown. I think John Brown will... If John Brown has the season, he turns into one of those priority wa- waiver pickups. Maybe when we watch him, if he comes out and has eight targets uh, week one, and, and he he's like the second receiver there, smoking the waiver oh, okay, wire. Maybe, maybe, but I, I'm out. I think it's hard to do anything on that Raiders offense that's not invo- revolved around Darren Waller, only because no. you know the guy he's going to command every bit of attention as as the Raiders have, I guess, I think, and they're going to pepper him with everything they've got. So anybody that's not named Darren Waller, and I guess for you guys, rugs, I still don't see rugs. You'll have to do a whole episode teaching me rugs stuff because I'm, I'm not really sold on him yet either. But you know, again, Waller, Waller is the guy. Waller's going to be that guy. And, and John Brown is going to get lost in the mix. I think again, you know, this show has been good for talking people down off of big names. Cause you know, look, we, <laughs> we are in the weeds. Like we know these guys inside and out, but there are, folks and this is why we tailor the show the way we do there are people that don't live and breathe this stuff like we do and they see these names and it's name recognition for you so i think we're doing a good job of talking some folks down 
off of the ledge because they say, oh, look, I remember John Brown used to be good a couple of years ago. I think I'm going to go for him. If you're one of those people listening to this show, you know now, don't do it. Speaking of another guilty pleasure, David Johnson is that guilty pleasure. And this elicits a lot of uh, responses one way or the next from people because there's some that say David Johnson is the second coming again. And then there's others that believe that David Johnson is fool's gold. So uh, we'll start with you, Ryan. I want to know which side of that fence you live on. He's still living off of that one year. He's still living off the one season uh, where he just, he absolutely went off. And and I think he had like 120, 130 targets. Uh, I want to say it was like 75 receptions. And that's been it. And now he's in a horrible situation where he might be the lead dog on a bad team that I just, I may have just given out a prop that they're going to have a winning record. I mean, if they have a winning record, it's because they have a three headed monster of David Johnson, Mark Ingram and Philip <laughs> Lindsay. Uh, look, I, again, if you're, if you're looking into the situation of taking David Johnson, you've probably made mistakes <laughs> earlier in your draft, or you've just gone full blown our running back zero strategy. And you're just taking your late round shots. There are worse late round shots. I just think that generally, you know, you want to have an offense that can move the ball. We don't know if that's going to be, uh, we need an offensive line. We're not sure what that's going to look like. We don't even know what the quarterback is going to be, uh, the whole situation, you know, D- Deshaun Watson's playing safety and, and, and the practice squad I'd stay away. That, it's another stay. I'm not going. And by the way, do you know, his nicknames, humble rumble. No, <laughs> David Humble Rumble Johnson. <laughs> Let's stay away from the Humble Rumble. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think everyone kind of uh, got their sweet tooth with David Johnson when it came to him on Hard Knocks. And it was a great story, him making the team. And then he had that really good year with Arians and then they paid him. And he, he kind of hasn't really found his mojo after that uh, awesome year in 2016. 2,100 yards from scrimmage that year. Yeah. And and uh, how many catches? He had a ton. 80 catches. Yeah. And now it's back-to-back years of 36 catches, 33 catches. Again, I I think, you know, why get the empty calories with David Johnson when you can get the light version of Philip Lindsay? He's he's diet David Johnson. Everything you like about David Johnson, uh, he's a guy who (laughs) might get a ton of... our guilty pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Philip Lindsay is my guilty pleasure. And you could really make a good case of why you shouldn't draft Philip Lindsay. Dude's got... I mean, the dude runs hard. He's RB 52, and... David Johnson is RB35. So go with Diet David Johnson, <laughs> AK Philip Lindsay. You get all that potential. Houston, no one believes in a saga upside with a guy that is probably going undrafted that you could draft in the last round. Dude's got undrafted tattooed on his body. Yeah. So I don't I mean, know. And, and, and maybe and he, he runs hard and he plays hard and I, he has a chip on his shoulder. So I think if anyone can succeed in this Houston. Uh, most people are down in Houston with the noted exception of Ryan. But uh, I-, I think if anyone can succeed in Houston, it's our boy, Philip Lindsay. We didn't like uh, the cake that was in the fridge left over. <laughs> and so we just baked a new one. Exactly. We made Philip Lindsay the guilty pleasure that you should take <laughs> on Houston. Uh, Sean wins that round because I've never heard anybody make a commercial before for a diet David Johnson. I, I exactly absolutely want to find David that. Johnson. I want to find that on the shelves. 
shelves and I want to buy the whole damn stock because that is going to be a big seller. Look, we could maybe sell that on PropSwap too. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to a guy that everybody, I mean, listen, man, everybody either loves them or hates them. Some Odell Beckham, uh, because he's living off that one catch. Ryan said they're living off that one season. Odell Beckham has forever cemented itself in that, in the mind of, of average drafters with that one catch because they remember it and they go back to it and they say, ah, the clock is running down on him. And they say, Oh, Odell, Odell Beckham. Um, but I don't know if, if I'm willing to make that move. Uh, Ryan, I think it was, was Sean. Are we starting with you, Sean? Yeah, I think we're, yeah, you can start with me. Yeah. Don't draft Odell Beckham <laughs> jr. I implore you don't. He is, he is, I mean, he's just, uh, I was going to say he's Skittles, but I like Skittles uh, again. He he's just a complete horrible dessert. He's like a white sheet cake at the grocery store that people are. Oh, Hey, it's a birthday cake. You got to get excited for that. And it's just crappy <laughs> year after year, much like a birthday cake. It was awesome. When you were a kid, when you were little years ago, Odell Beckham was, Oh, this is sweet. It's delicious. But now when you eat birthday cake and you're in your thirties or whatever, or even late twenties, you're just like, why am I doing this? I feel like garbage. That is Odell Beckham jr. And it's not us that feel like garbage. It's also his, uh, his, his quarter, Baker Mayfield, of course, Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland Browns insider, had the story that o that uh, Baker felt pressured to get the ball to Odell, and and you can't have that dynamic in your offense. And the offense flowed so much better when he wasn't there. Everyone will say, uh, you know, you'll see all the videos of him. He's a freak athlete. Yeah, so is uh, you know, so is uh, Lionel Messi or whatever his name is. It wow. doesn't mean I want him playing receiver on my fantasy team. Wow. He is a great athlete. He's just not for the NFL anymore. Uh, completely out on Odell Beckham. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard to be in on Odell Beckham. I, I think you know we've referenced this many times, but his average uh, yards per game has essentially gone down every year since his first year. Look, he came onto the scene. Just absolutely phenomenal. Loved it. Loved watching him catch those slant, take that to the house. But even that, right? Like, what do we now know about receivers? Like, average depth of target. We want it to be big. Why? Yeah. Gives us more upside. Uh, so, as you become a less explosive player, as you get older, you get injured. You're not the same guy. You're not taking those seven-yard targets to the house not to mention, like, why, why, are, why is he feeling pressure to get Beckham the ball? Why? Because he's Odell Beckham. Uh, I mean, Jarvis Landry, that's a dog. <laughs> Austin Hooper, like, he's a dog. He, and if this team really is looking to get more vertical, I do wonder if Donovan Peoples Jones is, is Beckham the guy that can truly unlock uh, the verticality of the passing game there in Cleveland? I am with you. Uh, I don't think he's draftable for me at his current ADP. I, I think he would have to, because right now he, he's going in a range where uh, you look around and you're like, oh, well, I would rather take a Jamar Chase, a Brandon Ayuk. I would rather take uh, a, a, even a Devontae Smith. Dare I say Robbie Anderson? Uh, I mean, there, there are a number of guys who I'm taking over Odell Beckham here. I mean, I was in an FFPC main event draft. He went in the fourth round. What is that? Like, what is the logic? I just don't get it. Crazy. Even if you're the top guy on that team, I don't like, is that really the position you want to be in? Ah, 
not no, not for Odell Beckham. Not not for me either. But two points for Sean for speaking my truth. When you get in your forties, my friend, that is when you really start <laughs> regretting that cake because that is when it starts keeping you up at night with a stomach ache and you wonder why am I not twenty anymore? Uh, <laughs> speaking of being in your twenties, look. Fun fact, one of the very first articles I ever wrote for your site, actually, it was the first article that I wrote for, for our site, uh, I touted McCole Hardman as the guy to get and go out and get because he was going to be one of those five breakout fantasy players of 2020, and he was not. So uh, are we going to be back in on McCole uh, this season as a guilty pleasure Ryan, is this a Hardman type of a season for you or not? It's, you know, you're going to get a lot of smart people who are going to tell you he's, you know, he's the number two there in Kansas City, Sean. <laughs> you know, Sammy Watkins no longer uh, in town. I think what we've learned with Kansas City is that the, the targets just get heavily, heavily, heavily concentrated at Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And Hardman has not done it yet. He's had a game here and there, right? He's a much more... Uh, interesting person to target in best ball when you don't have to really think about it. But in season-long managed, I don't know if you're ever going to trust this guy enough to start him, and you're going to pay way too much uh, draft equity equity to get him. Uh, as I look at him now, Sean, he's going... So he's going around a guy like, say, Corey Davis, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, Darnell Mooney, my, uh, even Mike Williams, according to this, uh, I mean, even let's throw in a Cole Beasley, Elijah Moore. These are guys who I feel like have very high floors, very easy to start these guys, very easy to predict their target distribution. I think Hardman's going to have a, a high-variance season. I think he'll have some some weeks where he pops, and if you take him in baseball, he's going to score for you. Maybe he's the guy that, like, that unlocks the, uh, the tourney week playoff breakdown towards the end of the season with a Mahomes stack. But, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in season long. I just... All of the guys I listed, too many people around him that have a, a surefire workload and target distribution you can you can rely on. So I'm out on Hardman. I, I'm I'm in on Hardman. I, I like the fact that he again he's pretty young still. He's only 23 years old, and I think his ADP and where people are drafting him are more just about the fact that they were ahead of the curve. They thought they were. Uh, yo, like last year, you were ahead of the curve on Miko Hardman, or even his rookie year, you were ahead of the curve. He did have 26 catches and six touchdowns his rookie year, 41 catches and four touchdowns his uh, sophomore year. So that's a pretty good, I mean, 10 catch, uh, 10 touchdowns and 67 catches. Sammy Watkins not being there is uh, going to free up some more targets. Byron Pringle, uh, you know, some of the rest of these guys aren't really going to compete for the target share. And I would say, being the lockdown number three target in the Kansas City offense, I think is uh, is worth something. And if he can get you sixty uh, catches and seven touchdowns, which I think is a very real uh, projection for him, then I think at at that ADP, I'm I'm you know I'm opening myself up to me Cole Hardman again, wide receiver fifty four. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in there. I mean, I see why people like the upside of like a, a Rashad Bateman, but again, he's still a rookie. Darnell Mooney, who I like in best ball because he can be paired with Justin Fields, but you certainly like the quarterback situation and the offense better in Kansas City. So, uh, give me give me two scoops of Miko Hardman. I I, I I like him enough uh, to be higher than market on him. 
Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to give Ryan that round because he reminded everybody that uh, Nicole Harmon is the number two receiver. And I think there's a lot of people out there that don't know that. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've not been paying attention to what's going on in Kansas City. As we move to the dearly departed, Sammy Watkins is now he moves to a I don't even know what kind of situation he's got over there in uh, Baltimore. But Sammy Watkins is that guy where, again, it's a lot like Nicole Hardman, where we say we remember his name because his name is recognizable. We remember the talent that he possessed and that ever the hype has always been there around Sammy Watkins. But for some reason, uh, there have been so many seasons almost all of them that we've been let down by Sammy Watkins and we've all tried to grab him in a get in a draft and uh, it's just burned the heck out of us. So Sean lead the discussion on Sammy Watkins and whether or not this new trip and this new team is going to be better for him in the long run. And should we go back to his guilty pleasureness? No, no, Sammy Watkins again. I mean, you, his best situation was in Kansas city and he's taking his 37 catches and two touchdowns to Baltimore, where uh, you have a guy like Lamar Jackson who struggles throwing the ball, huge red flag. Also, there's a ton of target competition between Mark Andrews, between Hollywood Brown, even the rookie uh, Rashad Bateman. So I think, He's just not going to get the targets. If he does, his chances of connecting and giving you something meaningful are, are slim to none. He, I mean, you look at the game started, 9, 13, 9, 14, 8, 13. Those are seasons in a row where he didn't come close to finishing the season. He's going to be too inconsistent to play in managed leagues and even in best ball. His ceiling to me just isn't worth it. I'd rather take a shot on a rookie or, I mean, again, I'd rather take a shot on Miko Hardman than Sammy Watkins. And, you know, I could, I could look up his draft position, but it's, I mean, it's, it's wide receiver late. 89. So he's not really getting drafted, but I, I wouldn't even touch him in best ball. I mean, I guess the case for him in a managed league is you would we do we really know what the offense for Baltimore is going to look like right now? Is there a version where he's number two behind Mark Andrews in targets? I I hear you about the lack of targets overall to carry a a passing attack. But could he could he become this kind of Willie Sneed red zone like secondary red zone? I I just I don't not. No, because I just don't think he can stay out on the field enough. I'd rather take a, a Van Jefferson, uh, at, you know, similar ADP, or even like a, a MVS in Green Bay, maybe even a Deshaun Rondell Jackson. Moore. Like you could, I, I mean, I'd rather take Deshaun Jackson, I think, with Sammy Watkins. Pretty similar profile there. And at least you might get the, I mean, Deshaun Jackson did have that sweet deep ball he scored against the Cowboys. So I, I would almost take a guy like Deshaun Jackson over Sammy Watkins just because of the offense he's playing. And I think just in general, Baltimore pass catchers not named Mark Andrews are kind like I don't have a lot of best ball shares. I don't see myself ending up with any actual maybe Bateman because we, you know, they invested a decent amount. He looks like he could be a guy, but just feels like it's going to be hard to predict uh, anyone doing anything with Lamar only having what 160 attempts last year. Yeah, I mean, again, they're they're passing offense. I don't want more shares of. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, the Baltimore is one of those no fly zones for me, no pun intended, uh, because unless it's a running back or or somebody that I know is going to actually get touches, because that's all Baltimore does is run the ball. Uh, yeah, I, I I got burned by Hollywood Brown one too many times. I was going to put him as a guilty pleasure, but 
Uh, I don't know that anybody's even remotely that guilty anymore as to take uh, Hollywood Brown. I mean, but look, you're right. In a best ball tournament, this is the whole game changes when you start talking about best ball. But in redraft, yeah, those, that, those uh, Baltimore receivers, other than Mark Andrews, is, are probably not the way to go. So, um, all right, I've tallied the score. Sean wins at 17 to 15. Oh, my rough well, back of the napkin yeah. Let's go, baby. Look, all I'm saying is, again, is the whole uh, sheet cake thing that he's got that going on for him. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. You may have to have a rematch later on. But, uh, gentlemen, I, I hope I get to keep my job. It's been uh, fun yeah. having you on as actual guests. So we will wrap the show up as we always do by uh, allowing you guys to tell everybody where to find your guys on social media. Because, look, it's your show, but remind everybody where they can find you. Check me out uh, at RJ Villagomez. <laughs> I know, I'm John T. Green on social media at Gambling Podcast. Download the app and uh, tune in uh, next week on the Fantasy Football Podcast to see if Rod's still hosting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow me on Instagram at Kramer Centric. <laughs> yes, please do. This after hour pictures that Ryan posts are definitely something that you uh, want to make sure that you have on your, uh, well, I don't know. Yes, sir. You might want to have them on your computer background because they are that awesome. Once again, thank you. You can find me at on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find this show again anywhere you find your favorite podcast. And of course, as always, on the SGPN app, please download that. Get us an app review. Get us on the most listened to podcasts, especially since the season is starting two a week now. So get ready for hot and heavy action here on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, until next time, I got to figure out a new thing for Let It Ride because this is fantasy football. But we'll see you next time. Feel has wrapped me so tight and chained. Loud, it's grilled and good.